Hey, coworkers, welcome to another episode of Ordinary Unicorns, a work-life podcast with Ben and David, where we get together, talk about all things related to jobs and work culture. Ben, how's it going? What's new with you? Uh, things are good, yeah. In fact, we're getting ready to take our son to his first movie in the movie theaters. We're going to take him to see Buzz Lightyear. Uh, so we're expecting a couple, like, screams, and hopefully he just is good enough to just sit still for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's that's the real trick is getting them to sit still. And, and how old is he? He's three. Uh, he's a little behind the eight ball, like as far as like conversing and stuff like that. So we'll see how he acts. Yeah. Nice. What's it with you? Yeah, so I am between jobs right now. I took a few weeks strategically off. I thought it would be a great time to relax, but it's instead been a great time for my wife to give me a lot of projects to do around the house. So been doing planting, building some things, hanging pictures, a lot of house stuff. Um, and then also it's a full-time job to be a, an Instagram husband. Um, I've been filming a lot of videos for my wife that she posts on Instagram. So uh, shout out to all the Instagram husbands, the unsung heroes of our world. The Insta dads. That's right. Insta, is that how? Is that when you get a new family instantly? Like, or can yeah, that be the same thing. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so in today's episode, we're going to cover uninformed opinions on LinkedIn news headlines, questions on company policy of half days on Friday that that is getting walked back, and then we're going to discuss the main topic of work flexes. So with no further ado, we're going to jump into right into uninformed opinions. Yeah. So Ben, I got an article that I wanted to read to you. So this one is titled construction workers in short supply. And it says a shortage of workers in the construction industry is forcing companies to turn to creative incentives to lure contractors, says the Wall Street Journal. While some companies use the state's warmer climates, others are dangling all sorts of bonuses to attract contractors and some are even offering accommodation allowances. So first question for you, Ben, have you ever worked construction before? No, I did work for a water company in Cave Creek, Arizona, which was as close as I got where I dug holes in the heat, but no, never like building anything, no. Have you? Yeah, so I, right <laughs> after graduating high school, I got a job at Best Buy making $7.75 an right. hour. The but then I got Right. Geek squad for life. And then I got a job doing construction and it paid $15 an hour, which like at the time was like more money than I had ever seen. Um, I lasted about a month and I hated it because I was also in Phoenix and it was just hot all summer. You're dying out there. And I quickly realized I was like, this makes me never want to work construction again. So shout out to all the, the contractors that are out there doing that work in the sun. Uh, but then the question for you, Ben, this article talks about, uh, you know, paying contractors more for good work. So would you pay a contractor 50% more for a job if you knew it was going to get done well, rather than the cheapest contractor you could find? So we just finished our basement and yeah, I, you get what you pay for. You yeah. buy nice or you buy twice. And when it comes to something like construction, depending on what it is, if they're finishing my basement and like working in pipes, yeah, I'd rather pay them. I don't want to have to deal with a pipe bursting or my house catching on fire because the electrical work wasn't done right. So yes, but at the same time, if they're building a fire pit, that's something I could do. 
I just don't want to do or don't want to like over, like, you know, waste my, yeah. I don't want to say waste my time because we have a fire pit and I built it. So I didn't waste my time. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to pay someone almost double for, for that. But yeah, I mean, I guess it all just depends on the quality of the work. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's the buy once, cry once is the way that I think yeah. about it. I would rather just get it done once than, than do it again. Yeah. All right. So I got mine for you. Uh, the title is called Biff Returns to Sell VHS a Future. So it took almost 37 years, but Biff from Back to the Future finally got his revenge. Tom Wilson, the actor who played Marty McFly's bully in the classic film trilogy, recently auctioned off a near mint VHS copy of Back to the Future through Heritage Auction in Dallas. The winning bid? a record $75,000, according to CNN. Auctions of iconic 1980s movies on VHS have been scoring big payoffs lately, with mints or near-mint copies of The Goonies selling for 50 k Jaws netting 32 and Ghostbusters scaring up about, about $24,000. So I got some questions, David. Uh, one, do you have anything like that that may be of any value that you hold on to like one day? Are you still holding on to your TY Beanie Babies or your Pokemon cards hoping uh, that one day you're going to cash in? I do have some Pokemon cards, but the things that comes to mind is in 1999, before Star Wars Episode One came out, uh, they I think it was Post or whatever the cereal brand did this like collectible series of Star Wars cereal boxes. And I like scoured all grocery stores across where I grew up to find them all. And I got all 10. I have them. I recently moved. I have a box with 10 open, unopened boxes of cereal. Um, I Googled it. They're not worth anything, but I've kept them (laughs) now for 22 years. So uh, yeah, I I hope they go up in value soon. But if anybody wants some uh, old cereal, I got some for you. I, it makes me wonder, like, what is the brand where there's not, like, Star Wars, there's just so many nerds out there yeah. where so many people probably collected those that you're going to have to wait another 80 years for those to, like, be of value. Yeah. Uh, but it makes me wonder, like, is there something that is niche but doesn't have as many nerds that has that type of value? I don't know. Yeah, I know that anything in like the sports realm, like I think does really well, you know, whatever like sports memorabilia, whether it's cards or baseballs or bats or basketballs, I feel like a lot of those things can hold their value really well. It's to me, it's hit or miss in the the nerd community, because, you know, it could be that nerds move on and they don't care about that anime from 20 years ago. Like nobody talks about Yu-Gi-Oh anymore, but Pokemon is still a thing. Talk to yourself. I love you, Gio. Um, I, I guess the real thing I'm taking away from this is that how long ago was uh, episode one? Twenty something years ago. Twenty yeah, tw- years ago. Twenty three. Yeah. Okay, so you just need to wait fourteen more years, and it may be a value. All right, I'm holding on to it for the long term. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the main topic, David. Yeah. So really excited for this topic we're going to go through today. We're going to talk about work flexes. So all of you have seen this as you're in the the workplace, you're working with your coworkers and they like to humble brag and have lots of flexes on different things. So uh, Ben and I came up with our top five lists each uh, of the funniest work flexes that we've seen. And we're going to switch off between us 
uh, going through and talking about our top five work flexes. We're going to start with number five. So I'll kick it over to you, Ben, first to talk about your number five work flex. Yeah, the number five for me has to be the Patagonia vest. I feel like anytime it may be the jacket, but the Patagonia puffer item, where when you meet someone for the first time, if they're wearing that, it's like, oh, they're part of the tech scene. They're wearing their Patagonia vest flex. Absolutely. My number five work flex is uh, when people brag about their number of unread emails or slacks. So this could often sound like, oh, I'm so busy because I have 134 unread slacks. Or when they leave their Slack notifications on super loud when you're in a call with them, so you can clearly tell they're getting messaged. Ding, yeah. ding. Or my all-time favorite is when you're in a call with someone and they say something along the lines of, oh, hold on, the CFO just slacked me. I got to respond to this now. So yeah, that, that's that. the email Slack flex. That's a good one. Okay. I got another one here. This is, so it's the water bottle flex is my number four. Okay. So when you are in Utah, you have to have the Stanley mug. In fact, my work wanted to flex so hard, they got them engraved with our names and stuff on them. But in other places, it may be the Hydro Flask. Uh, in hockey, you know, you have the Stanley Cup, which is going to be your best work flex. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my number four is stickers on your computer flex. So especially in the tech scene, you will see people that have their $2,500 MacBook Pro covered in stickers from random things, companies, funny things, uh, which seems so crazy, but people put stickers on everything. Uh, at my last company, there was even a, a person we all knew that if you wanted a company sticker, he had like an inventory. It was like a black market where you could acquire stickers. Uh, last time I saw him, he gave me about 15 stickers. So yeah, stickers on your computer is uh, my number four flex. Okay, so my number three, this is more applicable to the finance world, but it is the fancy watch flex. So if you've ever met people who work in like FinTech or just like they work on Wall Street, they always seem to have like a Rolex or you know, a bright link, just like a very nice watch. Like if you don't have the nice watch, you're done for it. An Apple watch, you'd basically be poor. Like get that out right. of here. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw uh, recently an ad popped up on my Instagram that it was saying like the Apple watch is dead. You got to buy a Rolex. I felt targeted. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably were looking at fancy watches. Uh, so my number three is the LinkedIn flex. So this is specifically when people on LinkedIn put in their, their headline bio at the very top, the most ridiculous things. A few of them I've seen is when it will say like X employee. So it'll say like X Goldman Sachs. Uh, another one is when people put in their bio thought leader or visionary founder. I saw one recently that said fluent in Spanish. Um, so I'm going to follow that trend and put amateur podcaster in my, uh, LinkedIn profile because I'm basically there. So I'm going to do my own LinkedIn flex. I was going to say, I feel like I need to look at my LinkedIn right now and make sure <laughs> that I don't have any of these. I think mine may mention like security clearance and I'm like, Ooh, is that too much? Like I got to be careful now. Ben, you got um, that LinkedIn flex. I, 
it's the humble brag flex uh, with that. Uh, all right, so my number two is the travel PTO flex. So this one hits home to me so much right now because I have this coworker, really good guy. They're nice water flex, water bottle flex, by the way, right there. Um, <laughs> really nice guy. But he recently had his out of office reply was, I'm enjoying a European vacation with my family. And I just wanted to be like, you don't need to put European, like we all get it, you're on a vacation. Just put your out of office, please. Uh, we get it, daddy paid for a vacation to Europe. <laughs> uh, so for my number two, I'll call this the previous company flex. Uh, I know for me and many of you, you probably have been in a meeting with somebody where they say, at my previous company, we did X, Y, Z or whatever. And they, they always tend to mention it everywhere. At my last firm, we hired a lot of people from Google. So I got so sick of hearing the phrase, when I was at Google, always followed by telling me how what I'm doing is wrong. Uh, and then this also reminds me of like wearing your previous company swag can be in this, this vein where... Mm -hmm. People always wear the like swag of the company they came from um, at their new company. Uh, but I once interviewed somebody. I got, I got some previous company swag back there back right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was once doing an interview for a product manager role. I was interviewing somebody and he came from Facebook where he had been there like a dozen years. And during the oh, interview. I know where they, this is headed. I yeah. know where this is headed. During the interview, we were chatting and I gave him like a situational question and he responded by saying, yeah. What I did is I sat down with Mark and he and I went through and figured it out. And then I called Mark later and I was like, bro, you just name drop Mark Zuckerberg in an interview. Like, oh, it's the worst. Well, I hope he knows that when I Barack and I talk, it's one of those <laughs> things like people who do that are just idiots. That's what we're always yeah. saying back and forth to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all right. So my number one work flex is my alma mater flex okay this is always brought up in a humble brag way too no one ever just like throws it out there uh it, it could be with like your your sweater that's probably the most like blatant way you're going to do it or it's going to say harvard on it but then you're going to hear the person talking like you know when i was at school in a pretty small school back in boston and it's like okay i get it <laughs> okay or it'll be like, yes, as I was hanging with my old friends from Penn, uh, it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> you went to Ivy League. You're better than me. I get it. But like, that is my number one uh, work flex is the alma mater flex. Uh, that's a good one. So my number one flex is the Zoom flex. So mm. uh, this it has to be with what people have in their backgrounds when they do a Zoom call. Uh, so mostly it shows up, especially when you're talking with executives and they're have a zoom call and they have like big mahogany bookshelves behind them, a roaring fire. And it's just like a huge flex that they have a really nice office that they're in. But in tech culture, the other one that I see is I, I could be in a meeting with 20 people and 10 of them have a Peloton in their background. I don't know what it is, but people always have Pelotons in their background as the biggest Zoom flex that I've, that I've ever seen. 
So are these people working on their Pelotons like mid like break no. and like changing back into work clothes? Like why does it have to be in their office? See, that's the thing. They're never on their Peloton, but it's in the background. I feel like it's like a club, like an unspoken club. You got to just have it in your background. So what if you have like the off brand Peloton or people just like, oh, he's got the Bowflex bike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, okay, so you know, it's funny you bring this up, this backdrop here. 100% made just for my Zoom meetings. Before Zoom, I would never have had this backdrop made, but it looks nice. So I guess I fall into the, uh, it doesn't have mahogany bookshelves, but it is a nicer backdrop than, uh, so that, that this is my flex. We all do it. I have crap on the floor, but I moved it close enough to the desk so you can't see it in the Zoom. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. So I got uh, some honorable mentions here too, okay? Uh, the kids accomplishments where you brag about what your kids have done. Oh, my kid made the honor roll. My kid just got accepted to this school. Oh, my kid started his own business. It's like, okay, I get it. You help your kid do nice things. Cool. That that's, a, that's one for me. Do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah. Another one for me is the, the car flex. Um, I feel like for anything, it's like, Everybody has a Tesla nowadays and you have to mention it a bunch of times at work of like, oh, I got to go charge my Tesla. So they always drop it in all these weird ways. But yeah, is uh, the charger open? I, get, I better go charge it in my car. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's also like out here, the Grand Wagoneer is a new one. Uh, yeah. And it's just an ugly vehicle, but it costs like $200,000. So it's a cool flex to have it, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh so let's get on to the next subject here. Um, yeah, let's slide into the question and answer section. So today we have a question that we got from Reddit, um, the subreddit of career questions. Um, I thought this one was pretty good, Ben, so I wanted to ask it to you. So the user wrote, recently I've been noticing an abundance of entry-level or junior developer positions looking for crazy amounts of experience with a notably generous amount of pay to match it. This is all fine and dandy. However, it's not exactly attainable for most new graduates. How hard is it to ask for positions that pay such, so, such as half the amount while demanding less experience in return? It feels very hard to get your foot in the door in this field. All I want is more industry experience so I can progress in my career. So question for you then, then is how hard is it to ask for just genuine entry-level positions rather than entry-level positions with a ton of experience required? So th this is funny because when I graduated, I did not realize that I was entry-level. Uh, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, but I was like applying for like senior manager positions. Like I got a degree. The other people don't. I should be like, I'm good for this. And I did not hear back from like anyone. And I applied uh -huh. to like a thousand places um so i was like okay maybe i need to apply for like a specialist position or something else that doesn't sound as good uh and so yeah i i think i went into it very delusional and i ended up getting like a manager position as my first big career job uh and i also networked for it but like yeah so i guess i got lucky in that sense but I've seen so many things out there that are like, you know, you need MBA preferred, uh, master's preferred, eight years experience, pay $50,000. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, the person just went to school for eight years. 
and then you want them to have five years experience and you're only going to pay them 50k unless you're living i don't think that's worth it anywhere but maybe if you're living in like iowa where it costs like a dollar a day to live but i feel like i need to just be able to spend a hundred dollars a day in all reality yeah i i've seen a lot of these job postings where it's like entry-level role and it's like three years experience and it makes no sense because you, you can't have one with the other uh similar to you right out of school, I also was like, oh, I got a degree. Everybody's going to want to hire me. And it was a stark reality of, oh, I can't be a manager right out of college. And so I had to apply for uh, more junior level roles. Um, One of the things that I've done in hiring though, is when I hire like junior analyst level roles, I I always like to be super clear in the job posting and say like, hey, one year or less of experience. So that could be an internship. But then in the requirements, I like to say things like uh, curiosity for learning new things, Mm. interested in financial markets. And so you can kind of post and try to find people for entry-level roles if you target some of those words. So you're saying that when you are doing that, you want to hire someone for potential then as well, not necessarily for their previous experience. Yeah. I, I think that's a huge thing is where when people are asking for experience when you have never even like it's it's not entry level that's literally the opposite of entry level if you have to have experience in fact one of my good friends just reached out to me today she just graduated college and she asked me about some career advice and she's like should I do another internship and she's already done three and I was like no it's time for you to like apply for a place like one of those internships was six months. The other two were three months. You have a year experience. Like yeah. it's time for you to get a big girl job at this point. Take that entry level job next. Yeah. Well, awesome. Let's go ahead and wrap up. So Ben, uh, what is your takeaway from today's episode? Uh, probably that I need to go check my LinkedIn, make sure I'm not doing any stupid flexes. Uh, make sure that I'm like, not mentioning too many of these things. I, I don't own a Patagonia vest. Um, I don't, I need to make sure I don't have X employee. Like just make sure my flexes are on point and maybe come up with some new flexes that aren't on here, to, like surprise people. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, my takeaway today is uh, even as you were talking about the water bottle flex, I drank from my uh, water bottle. So I also got to be careful not to make sure that I I flex too much in all my Zoom calls. So you're going to get your Peloton soon. There we go. It's on its way. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions you want to answer on the show, please hit us up on Twitter, Instagram at Ordinary Unicorns Podcast. You can also listen to us on most streaming platforms. You know how to find us and uh, you can watch us on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. See ya.